Hi, welcome to episode 20. Um, I've just nearly said that that's our first episode in double figures, which shows where my head is at. (laughs) (laughs) Too much homeschooling, too much homeschooling. Because it's really not, but um, yeah. So thank you so much for all the support we've been getting from you. We're so pleased that people are finding the podcasts helping kill a bit of boredom and giving people a bit of a horsey fix. Um, we've got another episode with Jenny for you today. We've had so much feedback from the first episode that we've done, so we really hope you can enjoy this one. We've also we've got a few other things in the pipeline, but we would really be grateful if you'd let us know if there's anything that you'd like to hear on the podcast at the minute, because obviously we're not doing what we would usually do with the horses. And so any ideas of things that you would find interesting or helpful, um, please let us know and we'll do our best. So you can just contact us in all usual ways, Instagram and Facebook at Book of Banter. And our Gmail is bookoffbanter at gmail.com. And it would be really, really helpful just if you gave us some idea of what you think would be good to hear at the minute. Otherwise, you're going to get homeschooling. (laughs) Constantly just whinging, us whinging about our kids. No one wants that. Come on, not even the kids. So yeah, please, please give us some ideas. So we're going to go on to our news. Obviously, it's going to be riveting and there's going to be loads of it. So what have you been up to? Well, Katie, I don't know if you saw, I may have featured in Horse and Hound this week. No, I'm so jealous. So uh, I, I can't, I, do you know what? I actually did the interview quite a bit ago and I thought it would be like the following week it was in. When it wasn't, I thought, oh God, maybe it was shit and they don't want to run it. So I kind of just put it out of my head. And it wasn't so I woke up this morning and um, I sort of, I looked down and my Facebook notifications had gone a bit crazy. I was like, oh, and I had posted on my page last night. I thought, oh gosh, maybe that's been shared a lot. And then actually it was just a friend who'd obviously got her horse in hand and she'd taken a photo of it and tagged me in it. And yeah, and I was just like, I got a bit emotional. I bet. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you because obviously it's it. That is the big one, isn't it? Being in horse and hound. So yeah. you know, to be in. And I mean, I mean, it wasn't just. A, I had like a massive picture of me. I yeah. know, right? So, um, and do you know what? It was just. It made me really proud of what I'm doing. It was a really lovely article. It was really well written. Um, there was not just me. There was other other medics and uh, people in the NHS in there. And it was just a really lovely, nicely written article, which, yeah, which I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of and pleased with. And yeah, so obviously I then, I mean, I walked into the kitchen and I said to my husband, "Um, can you just make me a coffee, please? Because obviously I'm famous now, so I can't (laughs) possibly do anything myself. And I've really, 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 well, I've basically annoyed them, the whole family, quite dramatically since then, because I've been basically making out that I'm a Kardashian yeah so I've been annoying everybody basically with this um, that's totally fair enough yeah I've, I messaged the work group I said don't worry guys uh, your autographs will be free uh, <laughs> that was good of you especially saying as you've made them all TikTok famous as well oh, yeah yeah so it's so funny so one of the TikToks that I did was with a guy called Adrian who is normally such a quiet reserved quite a shy bloke and I said to him, I said, I've got this idea for a TikTok. Um, and I said, would you mind banging vomit bowls behind me? And I thought I was going to have to convince him. And he actually went, no, no, yeah, I don't mind. Um, so, <laughs> so he did. I know. <laughs> so he did this TikTok, which was absolutely brilliant. It was really good fun. 
and um now he can't walk around the hospital and people go oh i saw you on tiktok <laughs> have you created a monster well <laughs> he did expect an entourage well, he did say to me, he said, every time I listen to a music now, I think, I wonder if we could do a TikTok to that. <laughs> so I have created this monster, yeah. You know, TikTok, like, I love TikTok so much and I really mm. want to do it. And I said this to Ben the other night, but every day I'll be like, I'm going to do a TikTok tomorrow. And then the day is gone and I'm like, when was I going to organize to do like a TikTok? I, I really need to get my, my arse into gear and actually like do one. But that doesn't sound right. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, just I just do don't. it. You, it is one of those things you've just got. I mean, I actually, I was filming, um, Hooligan's Legacy has written into the show. And she asked me to film a video to do, that they're doing um, to do with, I had to put my show clothes on. So I put my show clothes on. I thought, right, shit, I'm going to record some TikToks while I've got these show clothes on. So I've sort of recorded two or three. You know, they're 15 seconds. That's the thing. It. I think it's the like, they're getting organized do you know what i mean yeah, like i'll think yeah. oh yeah i'll get that horse in i'll do something with that one and and then i'm like oh bastard i didn't do it and i do that yeah. i've been doing that for about two weeks but i, I love tiktok um i think oh. tiktok is like keeping the nation going basically I, I, it is a hundred percent i think that it just it sort of exploded at the right time didn't it, it and really i just did. like you i love it it's just it's just a little bit of escapism it's a bit daft there's some real talent on there absolutely yeah. some of the stuff on there is crazy talented yeah. and oh i just i absolutely I, when i first went on there i thought god i'm far too old for this but there seems to have been this flood of sort of older people coming on it now so i feel a lot Thing i feel is, a though, lot better do you get like just songs so stuck in your head yeah. like i just find myself and i have to monitor it in front of henry because i'm like somebody come somebody come her. get her she's, she's dancing, dancing like, like a stream <laughs> and then i'll be like she's dancing <laughs> <laughs> have you seen there is actually a tiktok which is hilarious and there's this woman and she actually says i think i listen i i think i spend too much time on tiktok and her little kid is playing and then she sings somebody come get her and the little girl it must only be about two or three goes she's dancing like a stripper oh my god <laughs> yeah, that that could 100 percent be us like Absolutely. henry is constantly if he's like going up the stairs he's like what's what music to this i'm like <laughs> <laughs> basically our life yeah. now comes with like a soundtrack a tiktok soundtrack yeah. I think I think that's for a lot of people. I think even like you say, if, even if people don't post, just scrolling through it and looking at these videos, that's what happens. And um, obviously, I, I mean, I love it. I love making the videos. I think that it's a really nice relief. I mean, for us in the NHS, I mean, you know, we, we make we make these little videos on our break, and it's just a little bit of fun. You know, it's quite a stressful time at the minute, and so yeah. you know, just it can, you know, all right, there, I say they're only a 15 second video. It can quite sometimes take 10, 15 minutes to sort of get your shit together to get yeah. it filmed. But, um, get your backup crew, you know, get, get, get them. The funniest one, I haven't actually ever put this on TikTok is, um, a guy called Henry that I work with, who is lovely, lovely, lovely bloke. Um, I actually did put up my Instagram. I think we, we did a whole story with it and he, we kept filming it and he kept saying to me, Carla, you're out. So we'd have to film it again. And I was watching it. And this, this bloke is basically the Macarena he had to do. And he just can't get it right. Every time we speak, he kept going to me, you were out then, Carla. You were slightly out. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so I'm just... 
Are you going to do it? Can you commit, please, and do it properly? Yeah. Honestly, he turned into like, what was it, Louis Spence? Was it used to ruin <laughs> yes. he basically turned He basically turned into Louis Spence on me. He put a little mark on the floor. He said, uh, you weren't stood in the right part. He got right <laughs> into it. This is so, like I said, these monsters have been created on, um, on TikTok, basically. So if you guys aren't on it, get on it. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun. And you don't have to do it if you don't want to. You can just look at the videos. Um, and end up with a soundtrack of 15 second songs constantly just everything you do will have like some ridiculous song that you can't ever get out of your head although actually at the minute I'm driving Henry mad so I um follow part-time working mummy on Instagram and okay she shared a story like from a while ago and her teenage daughter was singing like it's my birthday it's my birthday i'm gonna spend my money well oh my god fuck me i cannot get the bloody song out my head so i walk around the house singing that and henry honestly i think he's ready to beat me senseless so the other day he (laughs) He said move out mummy it isn't your birthday it's not even nearly your birthday it's actually nearly my birthday so i was like yeah sorry hen sorry and then i'll sing it again he's like I've already told you, like, it's not your birthday. The, so That's an earworm. It's the worst thing ever, oh, isn't it? You, I can't get it out of my head. It's literally driving me insane. But it is Henry's birthday tomorrow. So I've spent all day saying to Henry, what song am I going to sing to you tomorrow, Henry? <laughs> Poor lad. I know, you can tell he's like, fuck my life with her. What is going on? He said to I me think it's wonderful that bath. we're embarrassing these kids. Oh, like 100%. Sorry, yeah, I had him in the bath tonight. He made me giggle. So he was making me like cakes with um, bubble bath and stuff. Mm. And I said, can I have some jam and cream with my cake? And he said, I haven't got any jam and cream. And I said, oh, no, that's my favorite. He said, it's this coronavirus. You just can't get it. really <laughs> <laughs> oh, It's like, oh, my God, you are so funny. <laughs> There's... um. <laughs> we were watching out the mouth of babe we were watching um harry potter last night we watched the um the second part of the deathly hallows mm-hmm. and there's that bit where he takes snape's tears and he puts it in the pensive and he sticks his head in yeah. and he and oscar stood and he watched that this whole bit this whole story playing out of how snape was always in love with lily potter and then blah, 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 and the child must die and no 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 really really traumatic and then oscar, it finished it went to another bit and oscar looked back at us and went well, that was a lot to take in, wasn't it? <laughs> really, really serious. It's <laughs> like, oh. the best. I love when they say, like, just actually, Henry had another classic. He hasn't done any for a while because they do it when they're a toddler and then he, he hasn't done it as well. Mm. So there was some shooting going on the other day in the garden and our dogs were, like, barking. And Henry said, what, what's this shooting? And there's some people over the hill called the Riddles. And I said, I think it's the Riddles. He said, oh, why are the Riddlers shooting Milly Nilly? <laughs> it's Willy Nilly and they're not Riddlers. But <laughs> bless him. For keeping bless. my spirits up. Bless him. Um, yeah, so news-wise, not a lot. I haven't been in Horse and Hound. Um, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, yeah. shit. Um, I've been trying to give Pancake a little rest because he, like I talked about last time, he's the only one of mine that doesn't need worked. So I thought I'll give him a couple of weeks, you know, just not doing a great deal. Mm. And he has just basically taken it upon himself to tear us round the field 
as much as he yeah. possibly can. He's ripped half his foot off, even though he's wearing mm. two sets of overreach boots. It's just been a bell end. So he's going to have to come off holiday. So, um, and I, I really like the dry weather because I've been able to start cantering the ponies. We've got like a hill in the field. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I don't like starting them in an arena. Someone actually sent a message asking if I would talk a little bit more about what I did with the ponies. And oh, okay, so that's yeah. kind of what we've been doing is I've tried to work on their walk and trot and then I've sort of worked on the transition to canter, but really I just want to get them cantering in a field, let them get a bit more balanced. And with the dry weather, we've been able to do that. So that's been really, really good. Um, I actually, I did one on Manny as well. I took him in the field, which usually I don't do because he used to event and you can tell he misses it so, so much. And he just, as soon as you let him, you know, break into a canter, his ears like just go and he's so damn strong. So I had him like gadgeted up to the eyeballs and I was like, steady, steady. (laughs) We're not jumping the electric fence, steady. Um, But oh my God, he looked so happy. Part of me just thinks once I would absolutely. Oh, love I was about to say it. To you have to do fencing. this. You'd have to, you have to now. Now you've told me you used to event. You have to do it. I would. You could get yourself a little. God, you could break out all that stuff like in that picture of yours where you're jumping over that log <laughs> or something. And that, that retro picture. I've got that saved on my phone bizarrely. I don't know why. I was looking for a night. I've got a picture of Katie in a nagrag sweatshirt on my phone. Uh, yeah, you could break out all your nagrag stuff again. I'd love to. I don't know if uh, it's hard. I don't know if he'd stand up to it now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would be so worried that I would break him because oh, I, don't, I don't know. And I'd be worried that he would start to go too quick again for jumping. I don't know. But then the other part of me is literally just like, Oh my god! He's, he sounds like he's so much fun. He sounds he's, like he's he would like love Vince. It. Like he's a oh. machine. You would, I reckon, I, even me. Like I would go to a half decent level on him because you just know that he's game on, like one hundred percent game. Gotta on. do it. You've got to do it. I think that's it, listeners, isn't it? We got to, we got to get Katie eventing. If not, like I'm definitely yes. one of the Connies. I'm definitely going to be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they've got little FEI ponies written all over them, haven't they? So yeah. you, they should definitely get them out doing something like that. But absolutely get Manny there too. If you're taking I do, the ponies in the box, you might I as well take really him as well. It. I do like love cross country. I do kind of miss it. It's not something I would want to swap back to, but every so often you just get that urge. There's nothing quite like it. You, you say that now. You say, oh, no, no, I won't want to swap back to it. And you cross that finish line and you'd be... You'll be like, on the website, <laughs> entering everything. Because then that's would be what we do. crying and rocking in a dark room at that point. Well, yeah, there is that, to be fair. There is that. It's not the cheapest of sports, shall we say, but you know. I mean, it's oh, not like yeah. I ever win, but like, even if you did win, I'd only win a hoof pick. Like, honestly. Yeah, like a dandy brush. Like, yeah. ups, absolutely. I remember a friend of mine came third once in a B90. And I think, yeah, I think she won a dandy brush. She won. It was quite a nice dandy brush, to be fair, but it was still only a dandy brush. And I was just like, and I think someone else won a lick once. We we once had there was once a thread on one of the um, things talking about ridiculous prizes that we've won at um, at British eventing and how some events are brilliant and they do them absolutely fantastically. Yeah, some really good events. I never win again. I never win. So for me, it's just about the frilly. That's what rose out. But yeah, get yourself out there. Well. <laughs> we'll have to get we'll have to be able to get somewhere well, yeah. <laughs>
podcast. I'm so excited. Once again, we're joined with Jenny, who we had amazing feedback from last time. And I think this time where we, we're really going to focus on riding specific issues, which me and Carla have got millions of those. I mean, we could have Jenny here for weeks, to be fair, just talking about us. Yeah, but so, a bit um, more worried you're going to let me go. Yeah, we're, we're probably not. <laughs> have a look at um, some really common rider problems and work out what you do that can really help people overcome those. Yeah, certainly. So um, I would say over my years of doing this, there's three kind of real common problems. They're all kind of a bit interlinked as well. They're not kind of standalone. And as I said, with loads of stuff as well, they aren't, although they'll manifest themselves in riding, they are always related to other things in life. But the main things that I come across that I end up working with on people are the first one is comparison. So the first one is about not feeling good enough, imposter syndrome, wanting to prove things to other people, thinking they're doing a better job, that kind of side of things. The second one I would say is pressure around competition, about wanting to do a good job. And again, sometimes that can be related to comparison, but sometimes it's completely internal pressure. It's got nothing to do with other people at all. And um, that, you know, it might be the pressure of, um, wanting to prove that you can do what you can do in training. It might be the pressure of wanting to show that your horse is capable. It might be the crazy one that we come across quite a lot. It makes me laugh, but it is, it's true, which is letting your horse down. Mm. Um, there might be, you know, people that are rooting for you that you want to do well for that kind of thing. So that quite often, all of that comes into the idea around competition pressure and competition nerves. And then the final one I would say is related to loads and loads of different things, but it's the idea of fear and trauma that then mm. cripples you and holds you back and stops you being able to do things that logically you know you can, but something kicks in in the moment and you just can't do it. So you, you take your legs off or you freeze or you go into a position or you grab a hold or you take a pearl or something like that. So I would say they're kind of like the three main themes that I come across the most with riders. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think the last two. Not so much the first one for me because I think I'm probably so self-critical nobody else could criticize me like I could criticize me. So to be honest, they can just take a back seat because I'm going to, I'm going to smash that job for you. Like if someone's slagging me off, I might as well go over and go seriously, like go get yourself a cup of tea. Cause like I'll, I'll do this way better than you ever could. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, and actually I, I would say I'm I the find, first two. I find I'm probably better if somebody say that I know doesn't like me or something is watching, I'll be like, right, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to ride. And Ben's like, why don't you ride like that all the time? Um, but yeah, definitely for me, the second two. But yeah, you, you definitely, you've talked about imposter syndrome before, haven't you? Um, yeah, definitely. For me, it's definitely the first two, much more than the third. Katie and I are a big, big fan of The Fear Bubble by Ant Middleton, yeah. that book. Um, so I think that being an event, we've, I've definitely found a way of sort of almost compartmentalising fear and only letting myself be scared at certain points. So... The fear, the fear thing is not so much for me because I also relabel it a little bit as excitement. But definitely the first two. Oh my God, yeah. Particularly the comparison one. Oh, oh, the bane no, of my life. Like, still, I think when I walk a course, if I'm on, especially if I'm on Blinder and I see a big oxer, then I'm, I'm fairly physically ill at that point. And I'm thinking about serious bodily harm that's going to occur. <laughs> So my guess is that that OXA thing will have probably, and again, we're not going into a therapy session here, ladies, no. but <laughs> my guess is that um, if I was to be coaching you through that, that would be related to something that at some point has happened in the past. And it may not actually be related to an OXA that that thing happened. 
um, I think we talked a little bit before about how um, the brain links things together and yeah. the, the bigger the emotional effect that that thing had on you, the bigger, the more likely the brain is to link it. So it probably is linked to something and it may not even be that you had a problem with an oxa specifically, but your brain has somehow linked that into oxas and now it thinks the same thing's going to happen again as mm-hmm. when it sees an oxer. It's what we call anchoring is the technical term for it, but it links, links the two together, associates them is the best way of putting it, associates the two together. So that that looking at that oxer will trigger off that memory or that problem or that fear. And, and you know, we use the word trauma, but trauma essentially, it, it occurs when you can't get out of a situation, you're stuck in it, you don't feel you've got any control over that situation and your brain has decided there's a genuine fear to life or limb. Okay. Um, but to be fair, there is. Of, yeah, often they're actually in our sport, genuinely, like yeah. you fall off a horse, they're genuinely is. So it's no surprise yeah. that in our sport, trauma occurs all over the place. Yeah. But people don't think of it as trauma because they think of trauma as like PTSD. Going to war, yeah, like going to war or something. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that is a form of trauma, but it's all relative. Um, yeah. So if, if for you something happened that your brain perceived as traumatic, it's going to link very, 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 very closely whatever it decided in that moment was the issue, which yeah. may not have been into it and then it's going to do everything it can to avoid it and what you're talking about there is fight flight fidget or freeze normally we end up in freeze response yeah and you said you felt physically sick yeah Yeah. that's freeze that's a freeze response that's like i mean i get i get nerves don't get me wrong i I get nerves and you know and i have suffered with a loss of nerve and i've come back from that and and done whatever and i i think possibly the fact that i have bottomed out and I have got to the point where it literally crippled everything to the point where I didn't even feel like I could ride anymore. That reaching that point, I'm not the other side, it makes you able to almost um, put a measure on it. Because I'm able to admit, I think a lot of times people sit outside a ring and they're all sat there grey faced, but they're all pretending they're all okay. Whereas I'll be the one that goes, actually, I'm pretty damn nervous about this. I'm pretty scared about that. And I think that the fact that I'm able to verbalize it and say, this is how I'm feeling at this point, sort of releases it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think half the problem, with, particularly with events as I see, is this fear is they, they seem to have this thing where they feel like they're, they're only brave if they don't acknowledge the fact that they're scared. Yeah, there's it's this underlying thing that if you even admit that you're nervous or you, they're all bloody terrified. Every single one of them. One of the things that stuck out for me once was I was having a lesson with a, a really, really, really top class um, event rider. He's I think he's New Zealand. He's either New Zealand or Australian. They're both the same. Aren't you can't they? do either accent. <laughs> oh, no, God, he he didn't say good day. He didn't say good day. Oh. He must be New Zealand. He must have been New Zealand. <laughs> And I was actually genuinely talking about nerves because at that point it was when I was uh, first stepping up to novice. I said, oh, God, I'm going to be so terrified. And he said, I'll tell you something. He said, if I'm in a start box and I'm at a novice, he says, or 100 or 90, he says, I'm nervous too. And I was like absolutely blown away by this. I was like, you can't be, you know, you, you jump all the big tracks in the world. You've been around badminton. And he said, yeah, but I'm on a baby yeah. horse. So for me at that point, it's the unknown. So yeah, it's really interesting like, to know that every- yeah. I'll say to Carla, I'd rather jump a fox on Manny than jump yeah. a discovery on Belinda because it's what you're on, isn't it? So you yeah. think that the pros are going to be like, but they don't want to get their front teeth smashed out any more than we do, do they? No. Yeah. And I can tell you, I work with pros all the way up to badminton five-star level, you know, international eventers, international show jumpers, not so much the show jumpers. 
they tend to i don't know they, they just feel too something. cool but yeah that's i'm not exactly. see i don't fit in with that i'm there like no. oh my god have you seen the size of it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, but the, the eventers and, and dressage riders but they have sort of a slightly different thing you know like genuinely eventing is a dangerous sport like you know it is mm. there's no there's no point in in saying oh no it's not but it, it is essentially a dangerous sport yeah so there is an element of that to it there's no getting around it but if I, you know i say to my top guys look if you ever walk one of those courses at badminton and you're blase about it please don't go and ride it because that's yeah. dangerous you need to be on your a game you need to be on your a game and what what fear does is first of all what happens is fear is in the future so where here we are in the present right now in whatever situation you're in right now, as you're listening to this, as you know, what happened. And, and unless there's something happening to you right in this moment, fear is only in the future because if it's happening in the moment, you're dealing with it. Right. Yeah. But what we do is yeah. we, we, it's called projection. We, we, we take a, a, a possible, a past thing or something we've been told or something we, we're aware of or not aware of an unknown. We project it in the future, but rather than projecting what could be great, we project what could go wrong because actually our brains are wired to do that because that's going to keep mm. us safer than thinking yeah. the world's a wonderful, happy place and being eaten by a saber tooth tiger. Right. So we project it off into the future and therefore we've already decided the outcome and that's what fear is. Now, the reason that fear is useful is because that lifts our adrenaline, it lifts our cortisone mm. and it puts us in fight or flight mode, but it makes us concentrate. It puts us in what we call the zone. It puts us in performance state because we have got to be in the moment to do our best. Now, top, top level eventers have split second decisions to make, don't they? And mm. even lower level, to be honest, it, it's yeah. still split second mm. a lot. Yeah, time. yeah, absolutely. You know, the less experienced you are, the, the easier it is to make mistakes because you don't notice the things, yeah. you know. You still need to be making and correcting those mistakes very fast, especially when you are going at speed at solid objects, you know, like, yeah. So we, we need to find what we call our optimal performance state to overcome fear. So we need enough pressure, enough adrenaline, enough nerves to lift us into that. I need to be on my A game now, but not so much that we then check out going to fight or flight or freeze and zone out of any processing power whatsoever because we're in panic and and what actually happens is the slots in our brain are full of i've got to get back to my comfort zone right now i can't cope with this yeah won't process a thing so that's too much so we need to find the optimal state and there is a bell curve that exists that talks about the amount of pressure required to perform and everyone's curves are different now some people need very little pressure to perform really well and others need a shed load of it to perform yeah. really well and most people are in the middle and and it drops it sort of goes up the more the more pressure you have the better your performance until it reaches a certain point and then it will drop off yeah. because the pressure is so much that your performance decreases and what you've got to do is for you you've got to learn where that point is and the only way of learning where that point is is to get it a bit wrong sometimes or not have enough yeah. and then you'll learn so yeah so kind of um this is kind of like one of those questions probably that's not really answerable but i'll go for it anyway how much have you are you able to change someone's nerves so like have you worked with someone who is absolutely crippled by nerves and has then gone on to say be able to compete at a really good level or is it something that say if you're that mentality you will always struggle so the answer is yes and no to that <laughs> <laughs> um and actually Damn. it is a question we can answer yeah so like with anything in life right you need to have the tools the techniques and the knowledge to be able to do something okay so I couldn't jump around Babington because I don't have the tools, the skills, the knowledge to do that, or in fact, the desire, quite frankly. But, <laughs> um, or that slightly unhinged element. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but if I had the tools, the techniques and the skills, I could probably be able to do it. Right. And the horse, we have to accept that. So mindset is just like that. So um, it may feel like you cannot overcome something that feels like a huge fear. It feels like a very bad thing. It's like any kind of what we call phobia, which a phobia is what we call an irrational fear. So spiders flying, um, you know, jumping, that kind of thing. It's not rational. It's not actually going to kill you. There's an element that perhaps could. Okay. We have to accept that in our sport. And if you don't want to accept that element, then don't do the sport. Yeah. But most of us accept that element. And then we're so passionate about it that we have to do it. Don't we? Like it's, yeah. it's not even yeah. a choice. Like, no. It's just in your blood. Like, even if you're like me, like not from a horsey family in any possible way, can't work out where it came from, but I have to just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because your motivation to do it is so strong, you will therefore want to overcome those fears. So it's an irrational fear. So you're not actually definitely going to die. Like we can't work on rational fears. That would be ridiculous. That would be like someone saying, I want to be able to walk into fire. But no, <laughs> not helpful. Won't deal with those. So we, we work with irrational fears because basically you're thinking what pictures and what feelings you have that's thinking that's all it doesn't matter whether you're a visual processor a kinesthetic processor all these different things people talk about essentially thoughts are pictures and feelings okay when we're fearful we're picturing the worst and the feelings come with it now when we've had a bad experience in the past this is where actually it's really easy to undo someone's fear is if we know it's come from one two or a couple more maybe bad experiences because what happens is when something comes along that what's what we call triggers, which starts off the thought about that fear, starts a pattern running, they go back to that picture in their mind of what went wrong before. And it might not have even been theirs. It might have been someone else's. But yeah. that's where the brain goes back to and mm. goes, that's going to happen again. And what we can do, and again, when you know how, like I'm trained in how to do this, yeah. you can rewire the brain so it doesn't go back to that picture. So the fear doesn't then reignite its head and I actually had one lady who 21 years ago had an accident out hacking and was really very fearful of hacking I spent one Mm -hmm. day with her this is when I used to do like whole days with people now I do everything virtually but I spent one day with her and at the beginning of the day we did some stuff around changing that picture rewiring her brain and doing something different and after that one day she was out hacking quite happily that was 21 years worth of fear god god that's insane isn't it it's crazy isn't it and it's just mm. because now we're understanding so much more about how the brain works yeah. what we yeah. do with it, you know and it's just like our understanding of horses our understanding of science and things it's just growing so much that actually now there's so many incredible things we can do we can release trauma out of the body we can release trauma out of the brain we can change your thoughts on fears so there's sometimes a lot more to it than that though sometimes a fear hasn't yeah. necessarily come from a specific accident it might have come from, like I say, an emotional event. So it might have come from a belief about not being good enough or it might come from a belief yeah, about this, looking stupid. Or This is where I go. This is where it goes with me. So right. mine's definitely yep. from the first one. So okay. my fear yep. is always, always... I, and like you say, I said, I mentioned this last week, last podcast, when I said about it, how I get in there first. Like, yeah, I'm shit. I'm this. I'm crap. You, you can't tell me I'm crap because I already know I'm crap. So... Um, and that's my little self-defense thing because the fear of people who, who realize, the realization of people realizing that I'm not good enough, that I'm the imposter, I shouldn't be there. That is what, that is the one that really cripples me a lot of the time. Do you know where that comes from? Do you have like something where you can be like... Oh my God. I feel a bit attacked now. I was just wondering like no. in your head if you were kind of like, yeah. I didn't used to be like that, but then... No, no. Really I've, I've, always struggled, I've always struggled with it. You know, let's be quite straight. Quite similar to Jenny. I'm not from a horsey family. They weren't... I wasn't able to have riding lessons and stuff like that as a kid, you know. 
I was always the slightly weird horsey, horse-loving girl that hung around at the horse shows in the jodhpurs hoping that someone was going to offer me a pony to ride but you know was i was that books. kid it was the horsey books that did that because things like that happened in those horsey books and they exactly. yeah, were selling jill's, jim karma yes jill's yeah. jim karma i blame it all jill's, on jill's jim karma jill's jim karma uh, i used to read about was it jill is it i think her name was also ginny ginny and shantai yes oh, I didn't oh, yes. Karma, the arab yeah. So she rested. We need to do a podcast episode one time on horsey books. I was never going to be, we, we were never going to move to a house. We lived in a very normal house in the middle of a town with a very small garden. <laughs> Even if I got given a bloody pony, I had nowhere to keep it. Do you know what I mean? So that was kind of where I was. And so, to, so do you think you know, that's I mean, like, that's been your whole riding career? You felt that? Oh. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's always been because it's always, and so I've always felt like rather stupidly, perhaps, because now I've got a very good horse and I've got everything, you know. And it, but for me, it always feels like I'm always a couple of steps behind everyone else. But I guess you know, it's gonna so, be like I'm. I don't know, but it's a habit, isn't it? It's if that's how you've always been, it would be hard to break yeah. a habit because it's hard to break any habit. Yeah. Like, here's the thing, ladies. They can be broken really easily again. Oh. But not <laughs> because we'd need someone, wouldn't we, to help. Yeah. Yes. Like that's the point though. Help. I'm not that is exactly you the point. Need professional help. I'm all right, really. It's fine. If it doesn't bother you, it's perfectly okay. You know, yeah. the thing so like I keep saying with anything like if you want to improve something in your riding you go and get an expert in that area of your riding to help you work out what you need to do to change it and they know all the tools and the tricks and it's just the same with mindset like people go oh yeah just be positive like hashtag positivity guys like you know I love Ant books they're brilliant but apart from anything else I don't like him though how to do it though he's a bit of an idiot right like quite frankly He, he's just like, oh, yeah, just be positive. That's all you have to do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, do you know that, that really, really nice one? I, I actually yeah. lost it recently on social media with... Um, We're not supposed to be so- doing that anymore. I want everyone to know, actually, here and now, I scrolled past a comment the other day where yes! somebody was talking about people... I think it was no. people riding and I scrolled past and I was like No, this was this was before Jenny actually pre Jenny it was pre Jenny. <laughs> <Pre-Jay. laughs> you edit that bit out. <laughs> no, we're keeping this is that. How this is how we're gonna have to live our lives now. Pre Jenny and post Jenny. Oh, was... oh, I don't mind PJ, that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. It was um, some, tra- you know, he was a, he's, a, he's a very, normally a very sensible bloke. And he was like talking about how we can't, he, he was, what he was saying was good. Because he was like saying, you know, you can't control what's going on in the world at the moment. You can't control the economy. You can't control that. All you can control is your reaction to it, which is actually a really, really valid point. And then he did that thing. He says, but then he said, you've just got to be positive. And then, but his picture that he actually put up was him smiling in front of a swimming pool. I thought, yeah, we'd oh, all be Christ, fucking yeah, positive if we were. This. We'd all be fucking positive if we were smiling away in front of a bloody swimming pool. You are Do on you a beach I mean? currently, though, Carla. Yeah, virtually. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Like, you know, it's like um, some top rider going, well, just, just have an independent seat and an elastic contact. Oh, like, what's the problem? Yeah. And it's exactly the same. When it comes to mindset stuff, it's like, yes, we can. And you'll hear a lot of us saying you need to do this and you need to do that. Because actually, when we're talking to the masses of people, it's really difficult to get someone to understand exactly how 
to do it for them because their way that they need to do it might be different to someone else's so we can try and give you lots of options that you can go and try but ultimately when we're talking about things we're, we're very often talking theoretically rather than something yeah. that's the practical yeah. implementation because that's where the one-to-one work comes in but you know what you're talking about here about what you've you've had over the years about being an imposter and things what that is is that's a coping mechanism that is mm. currently working for you but could be better and because you don't know any other way at the moment because you haven't learned that stuff that's kind of the way that you're doing it and it is a habit and you are repeating it because it's kind of working for you right now it's kind of getting your result but you could have an even better result if you wanted to change it and again this is just understanding the way the the brain works and understanding that actually what we can do is we can work out where that belief about being two steps behind or not quite being good enough really came from and we can work on it and I'm not talking about going back to sitting on a couch and telling me about your childhood at all no way oh please thank god no 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 no. all that does when when you do that all that does is takes you back to that story and you just relive it again yeah no once is enough that's what I always say to people once is enough I don't want you telling me all this stuff that happened in your past like I might need to know a tiny bit about it so we can go and change it and obviously we can't change your past but what we can do is change the way that the brain wired itself as a result Mm. of that because very often there was a really important piece of information missing or a perspective that was missing or just you didn't have the tools or knowledge at that point in time and so you formed this belief about it for whatever reason but now as a logical adult with a fully formed brain as opposed to a child which is where it normally kind of starts happening you can look at it differently and you can actually rewire it so the thing about they can someone actually did someone actually did say that to me because I, I have mentioned this before and I was like oh I do and they said do you know something though why don't you give yourself more credit for it and I was like what do you mean give yourself more credit so so you're always saying oh I'm I'm two steps behind everyone else and she said why don't you actually say god I'm doing really well I'm only two steps behind everybody else and I didn't have the horsey childhood and I haven't had all this money to plow into it and I was thinking I'm not I'm not at that point yet but it's really interesting when someone has that slightly different approach and actually instead of being negative about the fact that I'm two steps behind everyone else I should be like shit I've done actually quite well just to get to where I am so far again not ready for that point but you know but yeah so yeah it's interesting and it is true what you say a lot of the time one of those things isn't it where you look at other people who've maybe had like horsey parents like which I'm the same as you I didn't um Mm. And you maybe think, well, it's really smooth for them, but maybe they had like a super competitive horsey mum who's like given them, you know, so it's always easy when you look in and think, well, if I'd had that, it would have been different, but maybe it would have just been different in a different way and not necessarily a good way. Here's the thing about that that always amazed me, especially working with the riders that I work with. So I do literally work from grassroots and I'm, you know, I even work with someone at the moment. She's amazing. She's a great lady, but she is literally a year ago terrified of cantering crossbow right so i work from that level all the way up to five star international right because here's the thing with it everyone's got the same problems yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what level you're at it's the same shit different mm. place yeah. right and 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 actually the problems are just slightly different so although it might be a fear-based problem at the lower level and we have to overcome the fear-based thing it's not that it's not a fear-based problem at the upper level. It's just not a skills fear-based problem or an accident necessarily because they've overcome that. They've had to keep overcoming those things to get to where they are. But there's still fear-based stuff around, am I going to keep my sponsors? Am I going to be seen to be doing the right yeah. thing? media yeah. going to get at me? What's the result of being out in the public? You know, I mean, um, I quite often say that if you look at 
um, in the dressage world, Charlotte's, um, raised a sudden raised fame at the London 2012 Olympics. Yeah. What, what she wasn't prepared for, and she talks about it in her book openly and everything as well, is that the media attention she suddenly got was she, no one yeah. prepared for that. And that was yeah. really hard to deal with and actually caused a lot of problems in her life. So one of the things that I spend a lot of time being really careful about preparing people for when they're headed towards that top echelon level is the disadvantages of achieving their goal. Because I suppose, yeah. like, I don't know if you've ever worked with anyone, but like um, we've talked about on the, on the podcast, you know, um, the Ollie Townend round and, um, oh, what was the American guy? I've forgotten his name. Oh, oh, the one with the, the horse was one knackered. One. Yeah. 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 And he didn't pull him up. Um, yeah. That was you know, I mean, they, they get absolutely crucified. You'd have to be a pretty tough person to be able to cope with that and then go out to your next competition and still kick on and still ride to win and not be like just stroking your horse and kind of soothing it around like to try and you know keep everyone happy that you must have to be insanely mentally resilient yeah and I think to get to that level you build a lot of mental resilience anyway because you don't just suddenly ride at that level do you it's not like x factor where you're suddenly thrown into fame because you can possibly sing um you know you in order to get to that level you have to have it is the long game isn't it um but that actually was one of the things that I wanted to say today was that when we're looking at goals one of the things that people very rarely look at when it comes to goals is the disadvantage of achieving them um Mm. so you know a lot of these guys are so hell-bent on getting to that level or achieving that thing or that goal that they kind of forget about what that actually might mean when they get there and um this is a really important bit i do when when i look at goals with anyone is that we do we look at the reasons why you might not want to do it because something that does happen when you then head towards them is you start to self-sabotage because suddenly you start to realize that maybe some of these things are going to happen and you're not really you don't really want them to yeah um, and so, you know, if, if you look at something that you'd like to achieve right now, but maybe you're stopping yourself, it's because there's some kind of disadvantage that you haven't admitted to or acknowledged that you'd rather not have to deal with if you do achieve the goal. So you'll keep holding yourself back. So like a really great example of that is I had a client who wanted to lose weight as part of their fitness program for the level they want. And she wore beautiful, like, um, sorry for the product placement here. We're not sponsored to procure jumpers. Right. And we all know how expensive they are. Okay. I'm sure they're amazing quality, but they are not cheap. Right. I fall off too much to justify that sort of thing. (laughs) Yes, nothing worse than worrying about them getting cut off, is no. there? No, exactly. Oh my God, they, they would not be cutting them off me. Crazy. I know quite quite a few people that shout some very rude things at the thought of stuff being cut off their bodies, yeah. yeah. But anyway. If, so, we, which, if I'm at work, can I just quickly interject? If I'm ever at work, um, I've had patients before now that have come in because we, we live in quite a horsey area. And if I'm in a trauma scenario with any of them, I always say, whatever happened, don't cut off their boots or their breeches. <laughs> and I've had people before now actually write letters to my trust saying, can you thank the radiographer or the x-ray nurse, as we always get called, for not letting them cut my boots or my breeches off. So do you know, being a fellow horse person, you know, it's, I'm doing my bit for you guys. It's okay. I'm I'm hoping if it ever gets to that point that I'm in your hospital when you're in. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, we... No, but it's so true though. But the, the, and that is a disadvantage anyway. But the point was, she was losing weight, and for it's roughly approximately every stone you lose, you lose about a dress size, roughly. And she'd lost a stone, and her and her jobs were starting to get a little bit like 
little bit baggy. They weren't ideal. They were still fitting, but they weren't great. And she said, I, and she was chatting to me about the fact she was self-sabotaging. She couldn't stop eating cake. She didn't understand why she'd done so well. And now she couldn't. And then, and then we got to what was really going on. And I found out that they were getting a bit baggy and whatever. And I said, okay, have you put money aside for buying new britches? And she said, no. And I said, well, you need to buy new britches now, don't you? And she said, well, I didn't think of the cost implication of losing weight. And I said, well, that's why you're sabotaging yourself now because you yeah, know how much money yeah. you've got to spend. To so she went and bought one pair of expensive ones in the neck size down that were like snug, but she knew how amazing they were going to look. And as soon as she did that, she was back on it again. It's that kind of disadvantages of the journey and disadvantages of the goal that people very often forget when they talk about goal setting as well. I know yeah. we completely yeah, digress, um, but it's so common. It's that self-sabotage is something that I, I could probably, when it comes to winning medals, I could probably win a medal at that. I'm, <laughs> I'm an absolute queen at it. You know, my, I, I've been writing a book and, yeah so I was reluctant to tell people that I was writing a book and it was going to be announced because I know what I'm like and I knew as soon as I put it out there I wouldn't write it I'd just carry on and I would self-sabotage and then think of an excuse of why it was delayed yada 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 I think some people work really well to sort of deadlines and goals and some people have got this awful oh well actually it's not awful I'm going to call it a skill make it positive and so yeah and I have actually done quite a pretty good job on self-sabotaging myself with writing it <laughs> I, I don't think I know you've talked about self-sabotage before I don't think I'm so much of a self-sabotager intentionally like I think I sabotage things but just by general bad riding really I don't think that um I really self-sabotage but I did um so I'm gonna I'm gonna work with Jenny because clearly I have multiple issues and need help um but what really freaked me out, um, I was speaking to her about um, a major problem that I have, which is a really stupid thing that I can't allow myself to think positively because then I think that something bad will happen. So like, you know, so when you were saying about the eventers where they, they couldn't be like, oh, I'm a bit scared. I'm the mm. polar opposite because if I don't, even if I'm not scared, I would be better to say I'm scared because otherwise I'll look cocky and then I'll fall off at first fence. So basically like I've, we've worked out kind of where it's come from and it's from, be, from being quite young and it's from something that happened on the livery yard, which I think just highlights how important it is for people to actually think about how they speak to each other because I was talking to my husband about it and he was freaked out by the fact that he didn't really know this, where it come from. And he's like, you've carried this for like 20 years, one more, probably 22 years. And that's what someone else has done to you. They have affected your whole life by something that they did all that time ago. And it obviously is super unhelpful for me when I'm competing, because if you can't think positively, how are you ever going to, like perform to your best because you have to even if you are positive you have to pretend that you're not but it's so interesting to me that what someone else has done can be still impacting you so far on and I just think that that's like a massive massive thing that some of these comments that we make to each other or we'll make on a social media post and you kind of think ah it's not really going to have that effect actually it potentially is going to have a huge impact on someone's whole life and how they think about things. Mm. So yeah, I, I just think like 
that's been that's probably my biggest problem and a lot of my other problems probably come off that the fact that if you don't think positively you're gonna struggle yeah definitely and and there is a fine line isn't there between being positive and being a cock I mean there's there's no (laughs) there's no doubt about that is it and a lot of the time people put themselves down or belittle themselves because they don't want to come across as you know having an ego or being a you know um, being a bellend as we 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 like the word bell end on this podcast if i'm yeah. honest oh, okay sorry it was, it was it was near enough i mean yeah, it was very similar ballpark <laughs> you know but yeah so and so what they do is they create patterns habits coping mechanisms around belittling themselves and things as well i mean i'm not that's that's not that's not what you're doing Kate. but um it's that's another really common one mm-hmm. um but you do need to be able to have inner confidence inner self-confidence that you can go and do the job that you want to do and that actually do you know what you feel well prepared for it and you've done everything you can do and now it's just down to putting it in practice in the ring and and getting to that headspace you've got to get over those kind of things to be able to get there because you know having a belief that if if you think it's going to go well it's all going to go wrong well Mm. you're just going to go in thinking what's going to go wrong and then it will because it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy because even if you don't specifically make it go wrong your horse is going to pick up on it because we are in an amazing sport with another sentient being that knows when we do something slightly different and wants to know why we'll go looking for the spooky or scary thing because suddenly the rider's got intense and that means there must be something different yeah yeah yeah. and that doesn't help as well like people always talk to me about the bond i have with vince they go my god you and vince have got an amazing bond which is great and it's lovely that we have got this great bond but he knows exactly what i'm thinking which doesn't help at all sometimes so yeah but then but as well when people point. say that don't you feel that it's going back to that kind of like um someone's going to offer you a pony at gym corner it's the same sort of thing that like your horse will love you and it will carry you around badminton through sheer love and devotion oh, and it's not, it's not none of my bloody horses would do that yeah, no, no. You, know, you need to keep your leg on. Yeah. <laughs> we have a bond because I'm the only one that looks after him at the moment. So he knows mum comes with buckets of feed. I am not stupid. And because, oh, you've got this amazing bond. And then you're like, yeah, I feed him. He knows exactly where it's at. And so, but that, but that same token as well is he is quite tuned into me like that. So, um, a prime example being um, the very, very first time we stepped up to novice. Um, and it was at Kiso, and we'd never had any issue with any fences at all at Kiso. And he, we jumped a pretty shocking show jumping round, but I was rising quite badly. And then we set off at the cross country, uh, the cross country box. And normally, you know, he he's like full steam ahead, and I could feel he was just feeling a little bit, bit more reluctant than he would do normally. And then I rode the water a bit badly. And then we got down to these trichanas and he never in his life before had he looked at trichana and I'd even cockily said about how I wasn't bothered because someone said, oh yeah, it's a decent sized trichana that. And I said, oh, I'm not bothered by that. It's got a lovely chunky log over it. And in my head, I gave all the positive reasons and then she kind of looked at me. And as I came down to this trichana, I just, in my head, I just went, he's not going to jump this. He ain't going to jump it. And guess what? He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and we did. And the worst of it was, it was at the furthest point of the course I had to do the longest walk of shame I've ever done in my fucking life I tell you <laughs> so you know like you say they do pick up on these little things and like I say it just popped into my head as we came down to it you ain't gonna jump it so he went no all right then ma'am don't want if you don't think I'm gonna jump it here we go I so, think yeah. these bastard horsey books though I really do because it's like 
they're selling us an unrealistic dream. I feel like I, I give Manny polos all the time. I tell him how handsome <laughs> he is. Why does he not understand my desire to jump double clear at 1.30 and just go, it's okay. I will carry you around this. It is in my capability. And we are like one mind. That never fucking happens, but it does in a story. I am being sold a lie. Like, it's like Disney. I refuse, honestly. Yeah, it's very true. And unfortunately, um, we, are, we do grow up with this notion when we're children, don't we? If, and I, I do blame it on Ginny and Shanti, actually. Yes, entirely yes. Right. I think that's where all our problems are. Because she got on this yeah. untamable Arab and galloped him across the hills together as one. I'll never forget that. Yes. I was like, oh, wow, that must be what it's like. And then the first time I got to gallop across some hills together, I was never, I was so terrified because I didn't realise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at all but I'd read this book and I knew that that's what it's like to gallop across yeah, exactly. this concept somebody there's a gap in the market isn't there yeah, Carla honest there is a gap in the market for a book where the little girl goes to a Jim Carner and Ed Jodgers and everyone ignores her and then <laughs> gets her first pony that she saved all her pocket money for and it levels her at the first fence yeah. that's yeah. what someone needs to write that book yeah, you're tired. T- children need to know the truth. Yeah. yeah. They need yeah. to be sold the truth instead of a dream. Like, yeah. nobody's giving you a pony. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I used to do every Christmas? Because I'm not Let's from Let's not Instagram. destroy these poor kids' childhood. <laughs> they're the poor little shits now. They're all having to live with us at home, schooling them. <laughs> they can't leave their houses. And then I'm going to produce a book basically telling them, that horses are a bunch of wankers and life's shit. I just, that's, I don't, yeah, but don't feel that's building resilience. No, don't it's good for them. Putting <laughs> mental toughness and resilience. Like life is not a fairy to tale. Not go to school. Like, oh, yeah. This would have been my dream. I don't feel <laughs> sorry for them. <laughs> How many times have you actually said that to your son? Yes. How many times? And loads of times, and he's too little, so he just looks at me like I'm a loser. I mean, he does anyway. But I'm like Henry. Do you know how long you've got off school? And he's just like, totally doesn't bother him. I think we've set her off there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's not easy to do either. We all know how placid I am. (laughs) I can't possibly comment on the kids thing. I don't have them. I'm not around them. I generally avoid them. People say, can you help my child? And I say, no. (laughs) Don't do that. 16 and up, thanks. Yeah, That's a good way to say. Oh, not 15 and up. Oh no, I can work. I can work with kids sixteen and up. That's fine because oh, really? they have sort of logical reasoning capability. But all the sass. I can't see that my kids ever have any logical reasoning <laughs> and sensibility. If I'm honest, bearing in mind as we talked before we started recording the podcast, that my husband came in and told me this evening that they were playing a game called Sugar Dick, um, <laughs> which involved before you all get too concerned, basically just riding a skateboard down a slope, shouting Sugar Dicks at each other. Um, so, and the so winner was who shouted "Sugar Tits" the loudest. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, sorry, I'm really sorry. When my youngest, as I said, that came in and shoved a pink and white in my mouth. I did say, is that a flump? Are you eating a flump? And did oh, you no, just call it a pink and white? Got a pink so, and white. Have you never heard of them? So bear in mind, there's marketing. no visuals on a podcast here, and you just said that someone I'm came and shoved a pink and white in your mouth. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. No, sorry. You're not gonna ask me back ever. Is a marshmallow 
it's half pink, half white. Mm. A in a sandwich. A in a way, in, no, it's in a wafer sandwich, but he's, he's obviously he's obviously That's eating weird. the wafer off it and just giving me the marshmallow bit. That's grim. That's crazy. Although there is a concern of how he's got the wafer off. He's probably licked it, and he. And so he is basically just eating a wafer. <laughs> I'm really disturbed by this. It's why I know okay. children, right? Like, I can't cope with this kind of stuff. I can't like cope with this kind of comes stuff. comes and gives you, like, half-eaten food. And a licked marshmallow like... that, he's, that he's opened to just lick the wafer off. Uh, what sort of person licks a wafer off a marshmallow? Yeah. It's just what kids do, isn't it? Is it? Or is it just my kid? I, um, yeah. I think comment. you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, never mind. All right, um, should we get anyway, back onto a vaguely horsey nice, thread? Nice, <laughs> yeah, just a nice little snack. Um, so I was going to ask you what your three top tips are. Okay, I have to compose myself a moment now before I <laughs> ask me a serious question after Sugar that. Sugar tips, on, pink and white, it's gone way off beast. And now you want top tips. I'm like, exactly. what? Exactly. Can we professional head back on for a moment? <laughs> uh, three top tips, right, okay. So I would say, um, firstly, is perspectives is a really good one. So one of the things we were talking about earlier was um, Carla was saying that actually she says she's two steps behind everyone. And someone said, isn't that amazing? You're only two steps behind everyone. And the thing is, you'll be like 80 steps above someone else. Yeah. Um, And I think perspective is always a really good thing to think of is we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to people that are ahead of us all the time. Mm. But we forget to stop and look back at how far we've come yeah. and also at the fact that we're still further ahead than some and there's always going to be people better off but there's always going to be people worse off than us as well so sometimes just take a, a step and have a perspective a perspective on where you are compared to where you used to be and a perspective on where you are in relation to others as well like you know for the start of the fact that I mean I keep saying this at the moment you know yeah I I, I find it hard that I can't see my horse at the moment I have to just forget about it and move on it's mm. one of those things but actually I'm massively blessed that for a start, I've even got a horse. And that secondly, yeah. I have a horse that I can have on full livery who is absolutely five-star care for, and I haven't got to worry about him. And there's perspective there. So I could make it the worst thing in the world that I can't go and see my horse, but there's someone else going, well, hang on a minute. At least you're lucky enough to have a roof over your head, food in your cupboard and have a horse. Yeah. yeah. So perspective's always really key in that one. You know, there are people that will look at both of you and go, oh, my God, to, to even think about doing what you're doing is like vom-inducing. You know, like the thought of a 60 yeah. centimetre jump, let alone a solid one at 90, 100, 110, whatever, meet 30, you know, is crazy. Um, so there's always perspective. So that would be one tip. I think the other one is to just keep staying present as well, because fear can only exist in the future. So just keep bringing yourself back to now. If you're feeling nervous or anxious and just keep saying to yourself, in this moment, I'm fine. In this moment, I'm safe. In this moment, I'm doing whatever I can be doing right now. I might be worried about something that's coming up in the future. So I did something called the Wobbleberry Challenge. You guys probably... Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I completed it. So a few years ago now with my previous mayor, um, I was helping the Wobbleberries. I was sponsoring them as flying changes coaching. I was doing workshops for them. I was helping them out. And I was in in front of this group of amazing ladies one day who were saying they wanted to do this, that, and the other. And I was hearing where they were at. And I was thinking by God, you've got some journeys to go on. That's incredible. And I did think to myself, you are a liar. Because Mm. I was stood up in front of them going, I don't jump anymore because I don't really enjoy it. Mm. (laughs) Um, And it was in that moment I realised I was a complete fraud because actually it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. It was I was actually terrified of it because the mayor that I had, quite a speedy bugger. 
and I didn't really like it very much. So I'd stopped and I just decided to concentrate on flat work and stuff with her. So I did sharing and dressage and things, but actually there was still a bit of me that went, oh, I really miss jumping actually, but you know, so I had to admit, actually I was scared. So I did, long story short, at two in the morning on the last day when it was about to close, I went, oh, I sod it, woke up in the middle of the yeah. night and entered like you do. Amazing. And, did, and I actually did it. And not only did I do it, I, I got, I didn't quite get a sub 30. I think I got a 32. Not I like you. I know someone. I know someone's got some thirty. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I heard it somewhere. <laughs> Who got a sub thirty recently. Can we think about it, guys? Who got one? <laughs> no, oh, sorry, I can't think me. of any. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a fairly decent dress. I was not as good as I you. Well done. You know, but it's all about perspective, isn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah. But no, I mean, I got a fairly decent dress, and I got. Um, I think I had a pole in the show jumping, but it was the same pole everyone was having. And then I had yeah. a, a run out annoyingly in the cross country. She'd gone double clear in our entire training series to get to our first BE80. And then <laughs> yeah. he runs out. And do you know why? It was a bit like what you were saying. We were coming up to this. It was only a house. It was nothing special, but we had to turn right after it. Because if we'd carried on, we'd have gone and done the 90 owl hole. And that was obviously... Yeah. So I was thinking, we've got to go right. We've got to go right. We've got to go right. But unfortunately, I forgot to tell her after the jump. So I stride yeah. out from it. She went... Eek! And, and right. off to the right and I was like oh yeah. no we did I go right like, but just not. we did I yeah. you know that was purely a communication error on my part yeah, I didn't yeah. say after this jump mm. you can't anyway. take that away from it she went no. right yeah so as far as she's concerned we went clear because yeah. we came yeah. round and jumped the jump anyway so we did the world brew challenge um and I was trying to think where this has come from now goals that's it and so but you can imagine can't you I've never done an affiliated event in my life I'd certainly never done like proper cross-country I've done all the training to get to there in that year that I was doing my Wobbleberry challenge so I'd done all the training and things like that but I've never actually done it as an affiliated competition right so in the morning of it it's like oh you know keep the nerves under control okay but I spent the entire day between each section going right what do you need to focus on right now in yeah. this moment you're fine don't even think about cross-country right now you're on dressage right next part yeah show jump you just got to warm up show jump you just got to think about the show jump yeah this moment right now in this moment and the entire day I just kept staying in the moment staying in the moment staying in the moment. and it got me through can I um, um do you do any do you try and distract from your nerves or do you kind of stay with them and do what you've just like you know because some people sort of say about listening to music or but I'm just wondering like do you think no actually stay in that moment and kind of talk to yourself rationally or do you try I think and... there's there's room for both actually and I think it okay. would depend on when you say distract from the nerves what you mean if you mean listen to something that helps change your state so it gets you uplifted or yes. it calms you down, then that can be really, really handy. Um, and again, it's to do with that performance curve, isn't it? So if you, if you need to hit yeah. your optimum performance amount, you either need to calm down a bit to get to the right point or you need to push up a bit to get to the right point, whatever that is for you. So I think doing things that help you get into that state okay. are really, yeah. really handy. I think if you're just ignoring the fact that they're there and you're going, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything will be yeah. fine. I'm not nervous, I'm not nervous, which is what Carla talked about earlier. Like, I can't admit fear. No, yeah. no yeah. I can't admit fear. Then that's, a, that's, a, that's more of a mechanism, a coping mechanism, and they're just plasters over problems. They're not, they're not actually dealing with it. Yeah. But what I was doing on that particular day in that moment was just going, I know I'm nervous. I'm going yeah. to be nervous. Let's face yeah. it, this is a big unknown. The fact an ambulance had just gone out on the course, <laughs> the fact that my mother is here and my father, who have yeah. never been to anything with me in my entire life, the fact I'm putting an air jacket on and they're asking, why do I need that then? Yeah. My friend's yeah. saying, it's a little bit like a life jacket. 
And I was thinking, great, thanks very much. This is just what I need to hear. My parents say also, they were like, oh, what she need a life jacket for? No, let's not, let's not get into that right now. Thanks. I've just managed to get my cross-country kit on. Like, we don't need to explain why I need to wear an air jacket. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Like the worst so pre-prep ever. I literally had to get my best mate to look after my parents that day to make sure. Yeah that they were not getting in my way or asking yeah. stupid questions at the wrong point in time. Like literally that was her job. And she's very, she was very good at it. She was, <laughs> was on parental management. Like that was her role that day. Um, and it was the most useful role anyone could ever yeah. do ever. <laughs> you might need child management and things that day as well. You know, like whatever it is you've got to do, but yeah. I, actually, point- I, used to, I quite often take my kids with me and I quite often go with them on my own. Um, because actually trying to look after them and cope with them is the great bit the greatest bit of distraction you could ever hope for and I am most definitely in the moment the whole time because most of the time I'm just bellowing at them to stop hitting each other and so I'm not worried about what's going to happen on the cross-country course because I just want them to stop fighting for two seconds That's I mean that I'm... is a perfect way of staying in the moment isn't it like dealing yeah. with what's going on right now yeah, that is that is a way of them. doing it yeah for sure for sure so, so I yes. remember when we went to um I think it was Burnham Market, which was the last one. I had to go and walk the course. And Burnham's actually quite hilly, which is odd because it's in the middle of nowhere in Norfolk. And I, they didn't want to come and walk. I said, well, I'm going to leave it at the lorry. Go and get yourself something to eat. And I'll meet you back at the lorry. Just, just be careful. And I said to Isaac, call me if anything goes wrong. Any problems, just call me. I got halfway around this course and my phone guy, I couldn't get out of my pocket quick enough. So then it goes again. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And finally answer it. And I was like, what, what is it? What is it? And he said, just to let you know, I've just had the best sausage roll I've ever eaten in my life. And I was like, <laughs> relieved to start off with that they weren't dead. But also I was like, what, why would you phone me? And I actually, you know, so actually it did help quite a lot because instead of walking the course thinking, oh my God, there's this awful skinny and this whatever, it brought, like you say, it brought me back to the moment. I was like, well, my children are still alive and they've had a very nice sausage roll. Well, you did so, say to phone uh, you if anything important happened and in their life, yeah. in that moment, yeah, when we look at perspectives. Point, yeah, I think you'll be careful next time. You'll word that a lot differently. <laughs> they'll find a way around it. Honestly, they will. They'll find a way around it. That's just what they do. Basically, they're just trolling me, my kids. That's all they're just doing. So if we do the last tip. Last tip, which is about um, the idea, the notion of letting your horse down. So a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I'm going to let my horse down. And the thing is, you're only going to let your horse down if you try and do something on it that neither of you are skilled up to do or capable or mentally or physically to do. That's the only time you're ever going to let them down. So if you're worried about doing something or that you're not far enough along or that they're not at the point they should be, should be, and again, that comes from external factors in their progress, um, it doesn't matter. They, they really don't care. Like, that is you putting that pressure on it. It's not them. You know, Vallegro never stood in his field going, why am I not world champion yet? Come on, for goodness sake, Charlotte, pull your finger out. Like, he just didn't, yeah. it doesn't happen that way. And like you say, they don't, your horse is not stood in his field going, well, I could do badminton, you know, if any mother was holding me back. Like, as long as they are physically and mentally capable to do the job, it's just like any sport because this is the other thing if you've got a really good horse people say oh it's the horse they're always they always you watch interviews and they say oh well my horse gave me an amazing round today when it went well and when it went badly they go yeah I just stuffed that up myself that was all Mm. me like you know actually take the credit for when you're part of what went well as well and sometimes it is part of the horse that it goes wrong because it's like ballroom dancing or any kind of figure skating or anything where there's a partnership involved or any team sport every person in that team has to be willing and able 
to do the job and it's just the same with our horses so you might have a fabulous mega horse but you are still riding it you know it does not jump its way around on its own so you've got to take credit for that as well yeah i think that's that's a massively valid point isn't it (laughs) about the the horse has to be willing and able because you know we've had some where they've got all the talent in the world but if they don't want to do the job and they're not going to help you at all because it's not what they want to do it doesn't matter how good you are how hard you try as a rider it's not always your fault it's just because the horse is it's not what it wants to do or I think you've got to kind of be realistic haven't you and not always so many riders are like well I'll just get more lessons well I'll just try and it and there's nothing you can do if your horse is saying not a chance then and sometimes you're just not in the right partnership. Like you have overhorsed yourself or you've bought the horse that you want to have instead of the one that actually at this moment you need. Have, yeah. Or you've bought the one that you could have been riding 20 years ago when things have changed and you're in a different position yeah. now, you haven't got the time or your body's different or whatever. So yeah, I think, you know, it's really, really important to think of it as a real team partnership and that yeah. it's everyone's responsibility to be doing the best they can. And if one of you for some reason isn't able to, you need to reassess that partnership or reassess your goals. Like if yeah. you're not prepared to give up your horse because you love them, fair enough, yeah. then think about what it is you want to be doing. Yeah. All right. So if we could just steal you for a little bit longer, because someone wrote a question in and I was like, I'm not qualified to answer this, but I know someone who is. So this <laughs> comes from MEOB. And she said um, that she just got back from a lovely hack on her 14-1 bomb-proof cob. Just as they were about five minutes away from home, a man in a 4 by 4 stopped, rolled his window down and said, you are supposed to be at home. She said she's not very good at confrontation, so she said nothing and carried on riding. And that, and she got back to the yard and she's cried and cried because she feels really upset that he thinks that she's doing the wrong thing. And she said that her question is, how do you not feel guilty when other people are judging what you're doing? And I kind of think that's quite a valid thing, isn't it? How do you, not necessarily with this, because we don't want to get into it. Everyone's got different opinions on the riding thing and and that's your, that's your choice. But with, with anything, you are going to come across some time where someone is going to give you their opinion unwanted often, and it's going to be harsh. And it's how are you able to just kind of take it and not let it absolutely destroy you? I can't answer it because I quite lo- we've talked about this. I like confrontation, so I probably would have just told him to fuck off. Um, so yeah, I think you're way more qualified. <laughs> I, I was I, generally thinking I don't understand why she didn't actually just tell him to fuck off because literally when she messaged point. me that, I was I my initial thing was you fucking go home then. <laughs> yeah, what was he doing out in his car? Yeah, exactly. Are you not going to crash that car? Like, well, I'm not going to plan on falling off my fucking horse. Oh, sorry, I could go home. Sorry, Jenny. We do actually want your answer to we this. Do. Before we do. <laughs> we'll stop. About this. <laughs> That's fine. I would say that the biggest tool you could use in this, this these situations, whenever there's a conflict between you and another person, is what we call different perspective, which is the first thing to do is think about the fact that you've seen it from your perspective. Okay, mm-hmm. so she saw it from her perspective as a rider on a horse and he's seen it from his perspective. So take a moment to think about what it must be like in his perspective. Why perhaps he may have said some of that stuff. What might be going on for him? What his thoughts are? What's important to him at the moment? What his beliefs about things are? And again, this can be in any situation with other riders or anything like that. Think about what their situation must be like. What must it be like to be them having seen you do that thing or say that thing or be in that place or achieve whatever it is or whatever they're saying about you? 
take some time to just think what it must be like to be them because sometimes you'll get a bit of a nugget of information as to why perhaps they did what they did or said what they said and you're only guessing at this you won't necessarily know but it, what it does is it gives you a bit of an idea of like oh okay maybe actually I'd missed something or they had something going on that was their problem and then the great one to take is what we call the third person or the helicopter perspective which is to look at it as if you were kind of looking at it from the trees or from the sky down at that situation with those people involved and just see what information you'd glean from it as a third party impartial person as to perhaps how the interaction went or what might have been going on you know had had that person just gone and had an argument with someone and now they're taking it out on you has something horrible happened to that person in the past has um have they just had a bad time? Have you got something that they want and they're jealous? You know, what, what could it be that you notice about that interaction? Did you actually get a bit snipey with them? Had you done something in the past that you weren't aware of? You know, all sorts of stuff. But if you look at it from these three different perspectives, you gleam information and it helps you just kind of go, do you know what? Okay, fine. People do some pretty bloody hideous things in life. We can be horrible to each other. We can be jealous. We can be nasty. We can be angry. We can say things, even I do it sometimes. <laughs> You know, it's really hard being perfect, but my, I know my crowd, my, my halo slips sometimes. I can be an horrible person every now and again, just off my husband. But yeah, so, um, but sometimes it's like, oh, okay, something's probably going on for that person and that it's their problem, not mine. Most of the time when people are being horrible, you're just the one who's getting it. It's not necessarily you that it's aimed at. It's just, you're the one who happens to get it in that moment for whatever reason. And so I think, you know, that idea of a different perspective, that idea of just, taking a moment to pause and think "Mm, why might they be like that right now what might be going on for them that I don't know and normally if I've ever lashed out at someone or I've been angry about something it's it's actually because they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and I've got other shit going on Um, and and normally I'll then go and apologize now obviously she's probably never going to see him again or if she does at least then she can have a think about what might be going on for him right now and what have you and and just kind of give herself a little bit of pat on the back a little bit of a hug and a bit of permission to go okay fine it was okay to have a cry it was okay to feel bad about it okay that's cool you need to have that emotional release fine now just kind of think of it in a different way and, and notice yeah and I think like we said a lot on the last one at the moment people are just all over the place aren't they like emotionally and just not yeah. knowing how to cope with we're, we're living I keep I feel like I'm saying this a lot to people at the moment that we're living in these unprecedented times nobody has had any experience of this before so like you say people's responses and reactions are all over the place to the point where they might stop a complete stranger and say what you're doing is wrong and I think that like you say taking it from that perspective and just saying that's a really valid point I think that's something that we need to do lots of us need to do a lot of the time is actually you know trying to understand where they're coming from which is their anxiety and, and and even outside of these times that stuff's still going on yeah people are still yeah 100%, yeah yeah so thank you so so much you've done that way better than we could have done and thank yeah. you so <laughs> we so much fuck off. yeah thank you so much for all your time like you've okay. helped i'm sure you've you've helped us but i'm sure you've helped so many people and it's given us something to work towards i think you know for coming back um for ready to go so Oh, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. It's been great fun. And if there's ever anything else that you think, oh, I could ask Jenny that, just get in touch. Okay, so we're going to go on to Wanker of the Week now. Shall I start? Yeah. I have started watching Gavin and Stacey. I'm always late to the party. Have you never watched Gavin and Stacey before? (laughs) Oh, my God. 
god! But you know, are you actually are you actually joking? You've never watched no, Gravity and Stacey. No, I know. <gasps> but I feel like this is what my life. You? Like what I am always years day? behind. Well, yeah, we didn't watch it. That's decades behind, girl. Like I did it with Prison Break. And then, so you know, everyone oh, talked about that. Prison Break, no, I like years it. and years and years ago. Oh, and then I watched that last year, and I was like, hey, "It's good that." And people are like, "Yeah, but you're about fifteen years behind." Like, I've never, I, wa- I never got into that. I'm a bit like that too, though, with RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, I mean, if you think I, I'm like 10, 10, 11 years behind everyone else, and I started watching it recently, so I just I feel got, like Gavin and Stacey. There, I, know. I mean, what? <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know why I'm so slow to catch up on anything that happens, but yeah. So we were watching... It's finished! It's finished! <laughs> and there's been a reunion! I know! It's been finished it's obviously, We watched it, like, all in one, you know, and then we watched the reunion. I said to Ben, they've aged a lot, haven't they? And he was like, well, it's about ten years <laughs> since they recorded. <laughs> they will have aged <laughs> Oh my god! I can't believe. I mean, at least with RuPaul's Drag Race, that's still going on. There's still episodes going on. But like, I'm not being funny. The fact it's a bit like sort of discovering this new band called Take That, isn't it? Really? Oh, I just found this great band called Take That. That is the thing. Is I wish it was only Gavin and Stacey, but it's everything. I just I seem to be very slow on the uptake. <laughs> what can I say? And then the thing is, people tell me about, it and I'm always a bit like, yeah. And then I'll find it. And then I want to talk to yeah. them about it. But they're obviously like, well, we're not interested in can it I, now. Can I, just, can I just ask you now, have you, have you got Netflix? Yeah. Okay, Tiger King, get, get going on that girl. Oh, so this was, I was determined this time. I was like, uh, I see all this Tiger King stuff. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be part of it. And I watched the first episode and I don't really love it. Yeah, no, no, I don't love it either. You've got to stick with it. I watched that okay. first episode and I was like, I, I was watching it. It was actually... Uh, had it on and I said is this like the office because <laughs> I thought it was like a piss take I thought yeah. it was like you know like David Brent it's sort of like that comedy type I went is this like the office is this like a piss take and I was actually watching it with a friend at work and she said no this is serious this is like and I was like no absolutely not anyway then you sort of like get into it there's the second and third and I was like yeah you it is it is okay. the, it is real and you do find yourself becoming strangely obsessed with these people um, to the point where this morning I actually got out a pair of leopard skin trousers. I was like, I'm, I'm going to wear these bad boys. I'm just going to wear these bad boys. I know I do too, actually. But I was like, normally I wouldn't wear them just around the house, but hell, I'm going to. Yeah, but so. I, this was literally done. This was literally done because I was so adamant to not be left out this time and uh, to be like, I'm going to be one of the cool kids. But... Yeah, I'm struggling, but okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to it. Yeah, give it, it give it another go. Anyway, anyway, let's go back to Gavin and Stacey. Oh yeah, my mind is blown by this. So I just watched Gavin and Stacey, and I don't know what episode it was, but um, they talked they, they were talking about an RSJ. Um, right. And I and I think they'd said something like, "What do the letters stand for?" or something. And so I turned to Ben and I said, "It's it's obviously reinforced steel girder." And Ben said, well, it's R-S-J. And I said, uh, those two letters trick me a lot. And he just like looked at me. <laughs> and he was like, you're homeschooling 
our child currently. And I said, do you know what's even worse? As if that wasn't bad enough, is that I taught Henry letters a couple of days before and he had got them mixed up. And I said to him, no, no, Hen, like that's a gut or whatever. And he said, yeah, but gut and gut, because Henry is one of these who always thinks he's right. He always knows better. I mean, obviously in some cases he probably does with me, but, and he said, no, no, (laughs) no, no, mummy, gut and gut are just like the same and you can just swap them when you want. You can just use whichever (laughs) one you want. And I was like, "Mm, not really. That's not how it works. He said, yeah, no, honestly, they're just, they're they're like the same letter. You just pick which one you want to use. And I bet he was quite convincing with it. Oh my God. You're like, oh my God, maybe he's right. Maybe (laughs) this is actually what happened. So then when I did that and I was like to Ben, oh my God, I've got to tell you this Henry story because I'm actually no fucking better than he is. But I'd always thought it was reinforced steel girder. What is it? Never occurred to me. It's apparently rolled steel joist. Did not know that. Every day is a school day around here. (laughs) With me, it's a dodgy homeschool day. (laughs) We've got the funniest one. I love this one. Um, So this person has asked to stay anonymous. Um, And she says, Hi, Katie and Carla. I'm nominating myself for Wanker of the Week because I am a massive wanker. We have... (laughs) (laughs) We have a large field at my stables that we use for fitness work, but it also has a footpath that cuts through it. I was in the field today and was walking home after finishing some canter work when I came across a walker with two dogs. Both dogs chased my horse, causing him to spook and bolt off until they stopped. At the moment, the dog walker's the wanker, not her, but yeah, carry on. (laughs) Naturally, I yelled at the walker to control his dogs and was com- he was completely unapologetic. He said it was an open field and they were allowed to run about. I returned to the yard absolutely fuming and immediately told my yard owner, who agreed that his behaviour was not okay. When I described the man and the dogs, she informed me that she knew who it was and would contact them immediately and would, they would make sure that his dog stayed on a lead when using the footpath. I then went off on a huge rant about how he was a massive twat, a complete and utter idiot, and how people who act like that are a complete disgrace. I basically completely slagged him off. It wasn't until later that a friend at the yard informed me that the man with the dogs was also the yard owner's son. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Yes, I just spent ages slagging her son off right in front of her. Thankfully, when I told her later that I had no idea he was her son, she did think it was quite funny and completely understood why I had been so angry. But I am still nominating myself for Wanker of the Week because who actually slags off someone's son right in front of them? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> How amazing is How that one? Embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassing as well, though. That bit oh. I said to her, I felt sorry for her because Ben does that all the time. Ben was born with yeah. a mouth. He honestly, oh. and the thing is, he's such, he's so lovely. You know, he'd never want to hurt anyone's feelings, but he, he always does. He's just one of those people who does. <laughs> and then he gets really nervous and he tries to dig himself out, but he just digs himself you know in what? deeper. I feel like a bit of a kindred spirit with Ben for that, because that is exactly what I do. Oh, really? And because I, I suffer a little bit, well, you might have noticed, where my, my mouth just 
bypasses my brain a lot of the time and something will come out and it'll be like I'll upset somebody or offend somebody and then I try and dig myself up the hole and I make it 10 times worse oh my god Mm -hmm. so yeah there's nothing worse than that is there there's nothing worse than that I I had one one time and I was on a night shift and for the whole night shift I was working with a, a, an anaesthetist and he kept coming down with these quite poorly patients that we kept scanning and all right I kept calling him Ravi and I was convinced his name was Ravi I'm sure his name was Ravi and I was like yeah anyway Ravi can you anyway he was passing me I was like can you pass me that please Ravi and he was like passing me all this stuff and everything like that and then it wasn't until I was driving home I was like fuck that wasn't Ravi um Ravi works in A&E why do I think it was Ravi so I spent the whole night basically calling this doctor by someone else's name and the dickhead responded to it though <laughs> he didn't even... then that's one of those things where like forevermore he won't correct I you <laughs> I know and now, but now I realize his name is not Ravi well, what do I do next time I see him do I brazen it out do I carry on calling him Ravi do I then so now revert to because he's obviously real everyone knew that I was calling him the wrong name and one person said why are you calling this bloke Ravi and so I yeah so obviously he's gone home to his wife I think oh god the radiographer kept calling me Ravi so you know he'll have known it was quite obvious I've done it I did it all night I did it in lots of different situations that I couldn't have found my way out of it I couldn't have blagged my way out of it so I'm just like what am I going to do now next time I see him do I continue to call him Ravi (laughs) or do I now actually call him his real name or do I actually just go absolutely brazen it out and go do you know what I know I called you by the wrong name for quite a long time <laughs> I'm really sorry about that what do I do yeah I've just actually just nominated myself there for wanker of the week haven't I with yeah. without a single thought about it but just actually calling someone by the wrong name I think for Ben's, a whole night shift Ben's was worse Ben said to someone and you know when he told me the story and I was like oh, oh my no. god he said um, he came home and honestly he was mortified because like anyone that knows Ben will know he's just the sweetest like he came home and he said guess what I said to someone today and I was like what because I know I said <laughs> I was like oh my god what have you said he said I asked her when her baby was due <gasps> oh and, no and she so said sweat just thinking about it she said a year ago I did that at a wedding <laughs> at a wedding I did that so obviously this person's going to have had on like a really nice dress, thought they looked the bee's knees. And I said to her, how far gone are you? Oh my God, you she are. Said ba- my ba- she said, my baby's six months old. And I said, I did think it was quite, I was like trying to get myself out yeah, of it. That's- I, was like, I, said, I said, I did think, she said, I, I, I said, I'm mistaking you for someone else. I'm sure I heard someone else say that they were a red Jew. And I did think that you was quite quick on your far- feet. I know, and I'm like, I, I did think that you were looking like you weren't showing very much for somebody that was that far along. But yeah, what a dick. <laughs> so yeah, me and Ben have done the same thing. But I find out if he's called someone by the wrong name for a long time. I bet oh, he has. He 100% will have, but he's probably still oblivious <laughs> now to their real name. <laughs> Someone's very good. He's been calling me Barbara again. He's been calling me Barbara again. When do I tell him that my name's Margaret? Like that, so yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely it's just the fact that like what am I going to do now about anyway I'm, oh I'm sweating thinking about next time I see this doctor because what I'm going to do what I'm, I might actually be spending a lot of time in masks and visors um I've actually pimped my visor so what I'll do is I'll use an unpimped one so I can be like in incognito he won't know it's me and right. hopefully then by the end of the coronavirus outbreak 
he'll have forgotten about the day I called or him. Or maybe the for the whole could you sort day. of like start to mumble his name and kind of merge it? Like say if he was called Harry, like Ravery. <laughs> <laughs> Phase out the Ravi and in the Harry. <laughs> yes, yes, I could. Because he obviously thinks I'm totally mental anyway. So what difference does it do to make it sound like I'm pissed as well when I'm saying it? <laughs> what I might actually, what I might actually, my other option is to perhaps just randomly, whenever he's around, just call everyone around me <laughs> the wrong name. So he doesn't think that. So he thinks oh, maybe I I'm doing. It I thought joke. you were going to say something different. I, I think I've lost my mind. I'm starting to actually worry about myself. I thought you were going to say, you know, like as if you had kind of Tourette and just said Ravi randomly. <laughs> <laughs> so you can still call people by the names, but just at random intervals, just say Ravi. <laughs> What the fuck? He'd probably go, he'd probably go, yeah? Nice. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I yeah, mean, maybe, or maybe I... my problem solving. <laughs> I think it's maybe not. I'm to, I'm to be honest, don't ever get a job as an agony aunt, if I'm honest with you, Katie. <laughs> you're creating more problems than that you're solving. I like that, yeah. But I'm sure I'll find a way around. I'll be braced, I think. <laughs> I have to say though, slag it, slagging off um, the yard owner's son. Yeah. Although, to be to be fair, Ben comes a close second asking someone when they were due. Oh Maybe God. we should give him one as a special, a special commandment or whatever it's called. Uh, he, he told me about the other one the other day where he said to someone, um, "When are you having another one?" And they were like, "We've been trying for years." Oh no! And I was like, "Why do you keep doing this?" And he was like, "I don't know." He's Tell him just to step away from the, <laughs> the, the pregnancy and the child chat. Oh, bless him. Yeah, I think just any time where Ben has to be around the public, maybe just like yeah. not speak way forward. Just hold up signs like, <laughs> yes, I would like a coffee, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yes, please give me cake. That yeah. will be, and then whatever, however much the money is. Yeah, just It'll be like the mute carrier. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all right, Ben? Mm-hmm. Can... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably find a way to offend someone that way. Probably, probably not in the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, But I think, I think we should let, uh, I nearly said her name. That would have been my one for the week as well. I think we should ne- let our anonymous yard. Anonymous. Slagger offer. Yeah. Win. Congratulations. Yeah. It's made us laugh anyway. It has. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope that you are all doing as well as you can on lockdown. We hope we've cheered you up for a little bit of it. Um, And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.